1: Doctor Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at FiveStarChemicals.com. Doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Doctor Homebrew.
2: Not clear. Oh.
3: Dr. Homebrew. Back at it. Back into surgery. Or whatever.
4: Back in the surgery.
2: That wasn't my
3: specialty. (laughs) What was Brian? More of a foot guy. I don't know. Here we are. Here we are. We're ready to drink some beer. And we're ready to tell you about the beer and we're ready to talk to the people who have been brewing this tasty, tasty beer for us. Uh, but first, before we jump into all that nonsense, I want to thank uh, our sponsor, Five Star. You can go to FiveStarChemicals.com. They're the ones who do um, PBW, star Sand, Iota4, all those great products that uh, you guys have probably been using for years. But in case you haven't, uh, what's wrong with you? Stop sucking at life and at homebrewing. Uh, go to your local homebrew shop. And ask for five-star chemicals.
4: It's a little judgmental, don't you think?
3: Is it it, it inaccurate?
4: uh, No.
3: No, No. it's not. If you don't use five-star, you're not a good homebrewer. You suck. And you should stop doing it.
4: You should just jump off a bridge. I
3: wouldn't go that far. You should just get
4: some five-star.
3: You should uh, get some five-star, but I I wouldn't jump off a bridge because I feel like you can learn still how to be human. Just don't procreate.
4: Until you've learned how to clean your supplies properly, right? So, hmm. right. Okay, it's pretty good. I, I, that's right? reasonable. Yes. No Thank bridges. you very much. That's I appreciate fair. that. That's okay, good. good. All right. Yeah. Good. No bridges over six inches,
3: anyways. No, no. Why would yeah. we want to do that? That that'd be insane. No, that it, would be crazy. Yes. I mean, maybe I, can,
4: actually, this is a really horrible, th- horrible line of discussion here. Let's just stop this. This is inappropriate. Maybe you can practice. Not that anything's inappropriate here, but
3: right. Of course. Right. Um, <laughs> we have a good show for you guys today. We're going to uh, have a style that I've never heard of before um it's because it didn't exist what's it called
4: uh, uh,
3: Pivo uh, it did exist we're going go, we're, we're going jet skiing
4: something like that
3: with uh, well you asked siri brian i heard you uh, before the before oh, we started the show the, i had
0: google translate read it for me and i don't know if it's right but uh it's yeah hey, do it, do it again Oh,
3: Oh, Brian. I lose.
0: Download package. Here
4: we go.
3: Grudziska. Grudziska.
4: That's better than downloading a package.
3: (laughs) Hang on. Let me tell Pies uh, we need 30 minutes. All right. Yeah, I'm, so I'm excited about the Grudzetska.
0: If you're Poland, you just hold up your, your phone. Like, I want
3: some of this. Whatever oh, it is. Be good. Oh, it spells it out for you. Right on the thing. So
0: it's just like a big blue background with the words.
3: Mm, like, man. Give me this stuff. Give me the thing. Um, and then this is the show that we have our good, large, bald friend, Pies. Who ate all the pies? He's going to be on with his robust porter, right?
4: Yes. Oh, Baltic porter. Baltic porter. Baltic.
3: Yes. Okay. All right. Sorry, Pies just, you know, it's what happens. Uh, but first, let's talk to Bill and find out oh, what is happening. We actually get to talk to people this time? Yes, we do. Awesome. We do. Bill, are you with us?
2: Uh, yeah, you guys hear me?
3: Yeah, perfect. Yes. There he is. Um, hey, man, thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks for having yeah. me. Of course, of course. Uh, so uh,
2: how long have you, Bill, been homebrewing? Uh, I started back in the late 1990s um but i wouldn't say i was steady with brewing um i've been in uh, states of hiatus for quite some time on and off but uh the past two years i've been into it pretty deeply Uh, i've been doing all grain steadily for about the past year and a half
3: awesome that's pretty good it's not bad right Not coming and going and whatever. So tell me about the Grodzitsky. What what gave you the idea to brew a beer that nobody's ever heard of?
2: (laughs) Um, Well, you know, one of these days I I was just sitting around and, um, you know, I'm like, and a lot of brewers say this, uh, what am I going to brew next? (laughs) So... Um, being of, uh, of, uh, you know, Polish ethnic is, uh, is what I am. I wow. wanted to, to, to look into something from, uh, from Poland and, uh, I've never heard of a brew either. And I did a little Googling on it, uh, just on Polish beers. I, you know, I did find out they, they certainly like a lot of other styles out there, but I came across and I just call it graziskiy. Um, but I came across that and it was, uh, it was interesting. It was, uh, the history on it was really, really cool. And the more I learned about it, the more I really got into the style. And, uh, the recipe I got was, uh, actually from Poland is where it came from. Oh, really? Okay.
3: What, what is, what is this style supposed to be?
2: Um, it's a, it's a smoked wheat, um, is my impression of it you know i'm, I'm still getting uh, trying to get a grasp of it uh there are really no known commercial styles to uh to go off of uh it is starting to make a bit of a comeback from what i understand which is uh why i wanted to <laughs> try and put this on the show uh this is the second batch that we have now the first batch i did enter in a local compen- competition uh it did come in second and actually it came in second to another Grzyski. Uh, <laughs> that's so, awesome Paul yeah. Grzyski? <laughs> yeah so i'm just trying to find out um you know to see if i can just get more feedback on on the style itself if i'm okay. if i'm getting what the, what the judges are looking for or you know am i off of the style am i in the style Okay.
4: Well, we will see what we can do for you. Keep in mind, for the, as far as BJCP goes, well, so as you pointed out, there are no existing commercial samples anyone knows about, at least over here. <laughs> as far as BJCP goes, it would, this style appeared in the 2015 guidelines that came out this year that haven't quite gone into competition effect yet. It, it's in and the guidelines. It's in those guidelines. It's wow. historical beer. Okay. Um, so it's based on researches they have done. And I, I think, although I can't pin, pin down exactly where, I remember there was a magazine article or two written about this stuff, probably by some well-known homebrewers. Yeah, I think Zommergy um, has something about it. Yeah, yeah, it was probably like Drew Beecham or someone, but I'm not sure I remember that correctly. I may be wrong there. Um, so what are the judges expecting? I think most of the judges still haven't even had a homebrewed version of this yet.
0: Um, and until the new guidelines came out, they didn't even have a description
1: of it. Most have not so. even
4: heard of it. So what I did and what Brian did, we talked about this a bit, is really we just compared this to what it said in the guidelines because mm-hmm. we got nothing else to go on right now. Right.
3: Um, yeah, we can't yeah. we can't uh, calibrate or, or yeah, you know, see what anybody else has done. You're right. it's,
4: it's just a straight sort of... Um, details and hedonic comparison to what is written into those guidelines. Okay. So that's, it's kind of, which is a little bit unfortunate because often the guidelines read a little narrower than the style would allow, but we don't even know if that's true here. Mm. Uh, It gave a little interesting history. It said this used to be a very popular beer in that part of the world. was actually exported across a lot of Europe and then died out
0: in the 40s. No, it died out in the 1990s. No, no, no. earlier. Together. Well,
4: sorry. Yes, you're right. It started going downhill yeah, in the forties yeah, after World War II. Yeah, starting in the forties, yeah. and by the nineties, it was totally gone. Hmm, and not at all. I wonder why resurrected. Maybe over there, certainly by homebrewers here. Wonder why? Uh, yeah. It probably I, had something to do with a wall. I think it uh, has. Um, yeah, and something
0: to do with never you know, heard of some it. of the other styles that have that have been revived, the, the ghost, and the you know some of those other things.
4: Yeah, ask the Soviets. Berliner, they
0: might remember. Berliner Weiss yeah. is like more known now, so yeah, I mean like yeah. people.
4: For those of you who are old enough to remember the Soviets. um,
3: I think people in general are looking for these kind of more esoteric beer styles. Well,
4: now. To kind
3: of bring... Yeah, in the last, what, two years, maybe? Yeah. 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 Uh, It's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? so? it's an
4: interesting historical sort of um, rebirth here. Okay. Um,
3: Well, Lee, why don't you uh, get us started on this this beer then, man?
4: Here is my opinion of this historical rebirth. So just just for anybody listening, what this beer is supposed to be... uh, um, Bill was right. I mean, it's, it's a smoked wheat beer. It's described as being lightly smoky. It's oak smoke. It's not like the Bamberg Rauch smoke. It can be, you know, fairly to moderately bitter. Um, low gravity, sort of light and refreshing. Pale beer, very pale beer. Highly Should carbonated. Have a good head, highly Big head. carbonated, yeah. Uh, it is not sour. It's not it, sour. Say that several times in this 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 um, okay. style <laughs> It really this does. This is not intended to be a sour beer, and it is not in fact sour.
0: So clean and, and somewhat substantial hop bitterness too.
4: Yeah, um, but
0: still be sessionable.
4: Yeah, and sessionable is like a low gravity mm. beer. So what I got in here for uh, aroma: a light woody smoke, a low apple ester, which is actually described in there as something that's that's expected. A little bit of honey kind of notes. Uh, no hop aroma was that pick, I picked up at all. Um, the smoke uh, ranges from a woody kind of oak smoke like a campfire sometimes it seemed to be a little bit bacony to me which would be a rauchberg smoke which isn't the style uh, but mostly it came across as the oak smoke and I don't know if that's just temperature variation or not knowing quite what to expect. I have not had a lot of oak-smoked beers in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't pick up any DMS or diacetyl or any ferment problems like that. So the nose for me, except for that maybe occasional wobble into bacony territory, was actually pretty good. I thought it, it matched pretty much what the only reference I have, these guidelines, told me it should be. Um, the old bacon wobble? Yeah, the bacon shouldn't be there, but yeah. <laughs> other than and it's that, not. Other than that, yes. the bacon wobble... That's a whole nother show. Probably. That is a
0: whole nother show. Bacon yeah. wobble going That's a going whole nother show. Two after getting back from the Midwest. <laughs>
4: <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> Frank's doing the bacon wobble now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's even another show. So appearance. Brilliant clarity. is very clear beer. Very pretty. Very pale. Pale gold color. Almost getting into clear. yellow kind of yeah. straw territory, really. Um, it po- pours a low white form, mixed bubble size. It faded kind of quickly to a bead uh partial and partial cover um per the style guidelines this should have a pretty thick persistent head so i think that was that was a little off of expectations there but that's not a huge point uh for the flavor prominent bittering uh clean uh clean bittering lingers through to the finish subtle hint of smoke very low spicy hot flavor a little bit of that apple ester is very dry uh with lingering bitter and a whisper of smoke and um a Little something else that I can 't even read in my home right, oh, and little else there you go, no wonder I can 't read it. Um, the smoke emerges a bit more as it warms to a better balance, so in the flavor initially, I thought the bittering was too prominent. I mean when I did prominent mm. bittering, mm-hmm. this came hit me almost like an IPA well no, not like like a good, strong IPA does for bittering like almost um,
3: before the smoke
4: it was the first thing to hit me, yeah. 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 Um, and for me, I mean, this does say you have moderate to fairly strong bittering, but for me, that was too much. And I'll, I'll get into that in a, minute, in a minute, but it's more of a matter of balance against the smoke. Uh, my mouthfeel, light, very crisp, dry body, low carbonation. For style, it should have more. It probably should be two to three atmospheres. Uh, this, this seems a little bit undercarbonated to me. Um, not alcoholic or warming at all. Um, it is a drying character, probably from the high bittering and the low gravity and the smoke, which will also dry things out a bit. I wouldn't say it's astringent at all, but it has a very drying kind of lingering character that wasn't 100% ple- pleasant, I think, from the combination of those three things. Um, overall impression, I thought it was an intriguing example of a style that's new to me. A promising hint of smoke in the aroma was not necessarily followed by as much in the flavor, although – The flavor of the smoke, the smoke flavor did come up more as it warmed up over time. So initially it seemed like it was too low. As it it got a little warmer, it came out more. And and I've noticed this in other smoke beers. They tend to be very temperature dependent in how they present the smoke character. Oh,
3: okay. All right.
4: I mean, at least to me. Um, And this one definitely seemed to come out more as the beer warmed up. Um, A big bitter character dominated everything else, especially when it was colder. Um, And it gave a somewhat. Astringent finish. I wouldn't say astringent might not be the right word, but it wasn't very drinkable at the start. Um, and to me, it was just the combination of that much bittering, no IPA level bittering, at least apparently, and the smoke and the low gravity of this made it seem just kind of have a pleasant kind of. It's not quite astringent, but it's pretty close. Almost a, a drying. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like leaves your tongue feeling like it's a little coated with fur or something.
3: The two flavors are. Clashing it, it, a they're bit. clashing. It's yes. too much. Yeah, is, it warm, is
4: it warmed up? The balance seems better, but that not-so-nice finish kind of stuck around. So I think there's something of the high levels of bittering plus the smoke balance-wise that has to be figured out for a modern palate to make it appealing. It's kind of my take on this. because mm-hmm. Again, there's nothing we can compare this to. Um, so for me, maybe decrease the IBUs a bit. Smoke flavor, you could increase it, but i'm not sure i would i maybe from the description you're probably sort of the middle low end of that scale um the foam stand could be a little bit better but i think maybe that's partly uh, because the carbonation is not high enough in this beer so i think um i don't remember if i noticed no this looks like it's uh probably a keg fill not a bottle condition um so we can talk about that a bit if you want. Um, those are the main things. I, I think this was actually a very interesting beer. And given that, there's, given that you got nothing to shoot for but <laughs> written descriptions, I think you did a pretty good job. Yeah. Right now, it's a matter of fine-tuning the balance. Um, so Is that how
2: you feel too, Bill? Uh, pretty much so, yes.
4: Yeah. I gave it a 28, and I think maybe I was being a little harsh on it with that. Mm-hmm. I, I could see raising, especially when I get the flavor, when it warms up a bit, maybe going up, up, up into the low to mid-30s. But uh, it was actually a pretty decent beer. I really enjoyed drinking it. <laughs> you know, it's very entertaining, interesting, fascinating beer. Mostly it's just that finish needs to be fixed. Yeah. Dr.
0: Brian. Sessionable, yeah. Sessionable, yes. Okay. This beer, uh, in the aroma I found... Uh, Moderately low malt aroma with some lightly smoky overtones. Can I get some music again? Um, <laughs> like a distant campfire on a crisp, cool night. Very faint herbal, earthy hop aroma. Um, kind of difficult to, to pick out much wheat aroma, but uh, it's clean overall. There's, you know, low esters kind of out of the way. Fruity, neutral uh, ester quality kind of behind everything else. No DMs or dastle. Cleanly cleanly brewed. Nice beer um color wise again yeah same thing lee said brilliantly clear beautiful uh pale like light golden yellow color um the head just wasn't there so it you know started low faded uh pretty quickly after pouring it was white and it just kind of turns into a little ring of white bubbles around the glass fine white bubbles um in the flavor and i kind of differ with lee on some of the points here and um We can talk about the recipe and where where the IBUs land and all that stuff, too. But it it did, again, come down to kind of a balance thing for me as far as um, what could be improved from the beer. Um, It had a a medium-high smokiness dominating the the flavor. It was also there in the aroma, but, yeah, it came through more strongly in the flavor, which in the guidelines it does say it can come through more strongly. It should be gentle, and it should not overpower everything else. It's... um, It's not going to be an acrid kind of smoke. And this isn't to that level, but it's a pretty high smokiness to me. Uh, But, you know, still pleasant. Uh, Just seemed a bit high for what I'm reading the style to be. But, again, likely never had one. Um, Would like to try one. A real... Uh, well, What makes a commercial version better than, the, you know, the the homebrew version? I'd like to travel back in time to the, yeah. to the, you know, the 1930s and then have a well no. The difference. I want to go to
3: Eastern Europe in the 1930s. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, uh, um, you might you might fit right
0: in. Taken over by the Nazis and Um yeah. Beer.
3: The only difference is uh, you know, one side of that coin makes more than the other, like yeah. quantity-wise.
0: So, yeah. The um, the wheat element's kind of low, hiding a bit. There's a little bit of kind of a honey-like sweetness in there, a uh, little hop, mainly, mainly kind of an earthy flavor in there. Um, but, yeah, the the smoke to me kind of dominates, and there's a little bit of bitterness, but to me I didn't get the bitterness as high as Lee got it. And, uh, you know, it's a, get a bit grainy and kind of clean. It seems like maybe a low-temp low, low temp ale ferment or else the esters just aren't pushing up above everything else that's there. Mm. Only subdued fruitiness um yeah the bitterness is kind of medium low and it could be a little firmer to my taste to balance it out what i read in the in the guideline and what i'm playing off of when i'm saying this comment too is that a moderate to strong bitterness is readily evident which lingers through the finish the overall balance is toward bitterness you know when it's, it's saying the smoke character should be gentle and soft and the the bitterness is pretty firm to me you know it, it doesn't have that the bitterness. I'm not getting it as bitterness, and uh, maybe I'm either interpreting some of the smoke flavor, uh, or some of the, the bitterness as smoke flavor, or Lee's in, interpreting some of the smoke flavor as, as bitterness that's attacking I, his I'm tongue. Wrong. I don't know. <laughs> anyway,
4: no, and I, I agree. The, the bitter intensity doesn't is not necessarily outside of what it says it should be.
0: Yeah, I mean, it can be like up to 35 IBUs. It's not going to be an IPA bitterness territory but you know it's going to be like american pale bitterness territory so yeah yeah. to me it's not quite there
4: that's gonna show out really yeah with the it's it's not a lot of it's it's there's nothing to balance it against so it's really gonna show
3: so you can be a little heavy-handed
4: on
0: accident Yeah, i was looking for like an alt beer kind of bitterness in there or something it just wasn't quite there for me i was mostly smoke um body wise and that smoke just lingers in the aftertaste it stays stays for a long time and it's not it's not overly intense. Like you get some smoked beers that are just out there. You know, it's it's definitely not walloping upside the, the head. It's just mm-hmm. it's the smoke. I think is 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 probably about where it needs to be. You might I could ba- see backing it off a little bit to let some of the other things shine through a little better and and bring up the bitterness. I mean, that gets into feedback, but um, you know, that's that was my take on the balance of the beer. And it's I'm kind of we're swinging both ways on a teeter-totter maybe you, you work your way through that and get to the right point but um what's a teeter-totter brian no. yeah anyway uh body wise medium light bodied where it should be medium low carbonation that was kind of a little low um no warmth uh there, i did get a bit of an attack from the overt uh smoky character probably it's kind of biting the tongue and giving like Lee described uh, kind of a gritty leathery feeling on on the tongue that, um Kind of like yeah take a, a shot of bong water and swirl it around in your mouth <laughs> a little while. Um yeah.
3: uh, before my driving test I did the It does
0: it, it is pretty crisp though with the drying finish and the smoke that's there still it's a little it's a little bit crisp, so that's nice and that fits the style too. Um and overall bong I thought water
4: it was, smoked
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh overall it's a very, very nice attempt at what I perceive the style to be. Um and mostly just balance issues which you can find in any specialty beer like hey this you know so this is a vegetable beer with uh you know vegetable and spice beer i'm only getting the vegetable where's the spice you know it needs it needs both they need to work together and play nice and this one to me it's the smoke kind of winning out over the the bitterness and um you know if you just increase that bitterness just a little bit more so we're telling you to do opposite things and you can choose who, which of us and, to listen and, to and <laughs> we're going
4: to make you heavily conflicted here
0: then also a higher co2 level might also give it that little pop too that give that desired carbonic bite and improve that the head size and retention and give it that spritziness that that is kind of missing uh there too and, and improve the crispness of it so i think um it should be a little more subtle and delicate uh in the smokiness but still be a little bit more bitter and balanced a bit of smooth bitterness more bitter i think more so. more bitter really you're drunk yes okay
4: brian thinks more bitter i don't I think, think it has it,
0: i don't think it has the bitterness of an ipa if you guys both tell me i'm wrong that's fine if um if bill wrong. tells me this thing is is oh yeah it's 45 ibus i fucked it up then I'll believe you guys. <laughs> I,
4: I don't think the absolute IBU level is that important as compared to the balance against the malt. And the malt in this, I mean, I'm sure the terminal gravity is very low and it's very dry and crisp, and any IBUs are just hopping like crazy. So, I mean, this could be 30 IBUs mm-hmm. and still come across as real yeah. bitter because there's nothing to balance it against. It's always yes. a matter of balance.
0: Yeah. The overall balance is toward bitterness. Again, I'll read that yeah. sentence. Isn't it?
4: Well, yeah. I, I, And I agree. It, it's, by what it says in that style guideline, I don't think there's anything here that's wrong. Mm-hmm. For me, what doesn't work is the fact that the finish is not entirely pleasant. It's that combination yes. of bitter and smoke. So this is a bit of a conundrum because you can do what it says there. And get something to at least to my pile. And I mean, apparently to Brian's too, because he's talking about that not so nice leathery kind of finish. Yeah. It is not entirely pleasant. And I'm not sure how to resolve this as to whether the guidelines gave more leeway than there should be or something else is going on here. Well, but I, I think if you push both the smoke and the bitter. As high as that says you can in a beer that is this light in body, you're at risk of leaving a finish that's not so good. Which yeah. I think probably is, shouldn't be there. Which I um,
3: think is what that is. So, I mean, but like you were saying, Lee, uh, you know, the the lack of sweetness in the malt, and I feel bad for Bill because we've been talking about his beer like he's not listening.
4: Oh, he's listening. I know.
3: <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, the the lack of sweetness, the lack of malt. I imagine it's a pretty low gravity beer. Yeah, it's um, supposed to be. Yeah, so I, I think you can, you can back off of the hops, maybe even five IBU, and which doesn't seem like a lot, but I think in a beer like this, it would make an impact because the smoke difference. is pretty yeah. heavy. Yeah,
0: it's yeah. it's hard to balance. So you agree that the smoke is pretty heavy? I think yeah, but yeah. I really like smoked beers. Like now, I'm one of those freaks. The, you know, the two things I'm most curious about in the recipe is. What kind of smoked malt was used? What. Yes, and yeah. The recipe calls for 100% oak smoked wheat malt. It has to be oak smoked. It has to be a wheat malt. And if you've ever tried to make a beer from 100% wheat malt, you know it's it's got enough uh, uh, enzymes to convert itself. I've done it. It works fine. Just sometimes you can have a little slow sparge or maybe stuck, but. Um, that can be done. It's just interesting that they make a beer like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the second thing would be, you know, the bitterness level and see where we're at with that. All right.
3: Well, let's let, let Bill uh, defend is, his beer here. I will yes. say
0: that it is it is going to be hard to balance a beer like this, like you guys are yes, saying. Yes, for sure with it being this low gravity and all the things that you need to get into it to make it fit this description. Yeah. All right, Bill. Go, Bill. What's your uh, recipe for this thing? I gave it a 35. Okay.
2: I mean, I I have to say I do agree with this second batch I made here. I wasn't really happy with with the finish on this one. I I, I get the same feeling in my mouth as you guys are getting. Uh, The first batch was uh, a lot, lot smoother finish. Um, Interesting enough, um, I've used, uh, let's see, 50%... Uh, German wheat malt unsmoked uh in this recipe I have twenty five percent oak smoked malt uh, I actually have twelve and a half percent and this is the interesting one uh mesquite smoked malt maybe that 's where the bacony was coming from,
0: yeah.
4: It might be where some of the edginess on the smoke that's getting brand comes from, too. It's spicy.
2: Mesquite,
3: there's like mes- a spicy thing with the hops, maybe, that, that's not working too well.
4: Yeah, I, I don't know. Mesquite's pungent stuff.
2: Yeah. i yeah. seen it in the homebrew shop, yeah. and I'm like, oh, my God, i got to get some of this stuff. It, it just came out into so the it's, store. It's the <laughs> Polish-New
4: Mexican Grodziski.
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 put some green chili uh, in here, too. And the
0: beer is good, this, the smoke yeah, character. That actually right? sounds pretty nice. good
2: and then uh finally, there's uh twelve and a half percent of spelt uh spelt malt, and I'm wondering if that's where yeah. the uh where the hint of honey you're you're getting comes from a little,
0: uh cedar your pants kind of like let's throw this all together and try to get this balance. or was it, the other one had a little more smoke malt, and you backed it off a bit or or where where what was the rationale for the malt bill there um
2: the first one um According to the to the score sheets, um, I was asked to increase the, the bitterness actually. So this batch, uh, I did uh, increase the uh, the hop edition some. And according to my sheet here, I'm looking at a estimated of uh, 51 IBUs on this. Sheet. Oh wow! What's the terminal yeah. gravity? The, the original gravity on this? Uh, 1030. And wow. the terminal? Yeah, uh, it finished oh. at 1010. Yeah, so, uh, I hate 2. it when 6. he's right. <laughs>
0: Lee, you're always right, buddy. I should just <laughs> I, listen to believe you. Believe
4: me, I am not always right. <laughs> well, so last oh, night I was drinking. Bill,
0: I, I was drinking you win a, for it, man. Uh, a shit ton of little something something before I judged this light, delicate beer, and, and it just, yeah, I guess the bitterness just didn't come through. And then before this, we've been drinking all sour beers earlier tonight. So mm-hmm. yeah, excuses, um, that's all uh, I hear. Yeah, yeah, that's my excuse. No, so fifty-one. That's pretty bitter. Wow.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It how, how many used um, in your first batch?
2: What's that? How many IBUs in your first batch? I, you know, I, I don't have the paperwork okay. on uh, on that one in front no, you of me. you it. That's all right. Yeah. Wow, crazy.
4: Yeah. So where'd you get the oak-smoked malt?
2: Uh, just from the local homebrew store. It, that's um, I hear it's, it's, it's a little more popular these days. I forget who makes it, but um, it's quite readily available, it seems to me now at least.
4: All right. Okay. So it wasn't home-smoked malt. <laughs>
2: No, I, I wanted to keep consistency. I didn't want. I knew I was going to continue to repeat brewing this beer, and I, I mean, I would have loved to went through and actually smoked uh, the malt and everything, but I just wanted to make sure that uh, this was consistent uh, batch after batch.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Well, I think uh, was that. Do we have any other questions for him? I think. I mean, everything was great. Clear, any, tasted good.
2: Yeah. Think, Do you have any questions yeah. for us? Um, well, it, you know, like I said, um, I was just interested in, uh, maybe, you know, what would you say, decrease that, that hot bitterness then, and maybe go back to that original recipe some.
0: Knowing what we know now. Yeah. I 51
4: that. IBUs in a beer this size is pretty big. Pretty yeah. I mean, that's, that's getting beyond pale ale range even.
0: Yeah. I mean, if, that, if that's yeah. really where it landed. Um, you could get it analyzed so it might be... Forty or something. But yeah. what would you drop it ten IBUs? I I would drop it to the to the to like thirty five IBUs that are called for in the guidelines. If your judge just told you, well, you know, with your water the way the hops are working, you know, you should you should bump them up a little bit, uh, or in the recipe uh, from the first batch. And if that was you know more reasonable level, then maybe just put it back where it was. If it was between twenty and thirty five, but I would also just replace that. Um, the mesquite smoked malt with more of the oak smoked malt. Yeah, I would stay away yeah. from mesquite for sure. Yeah, I agree. That's has gonna, that. That's gonna fix that finish, I think.
3: There's yeah. like a spice. My my buddies were uh, doing a barbecue competition, and they were asking for some input, and they were uh, they were using mesquite. And I'm like, this is the worst choice. Do not use because it gave the spicy thing that i just i don't know you couldn't we're almost ju-
4: creosote sometimes yeah.
3: Yeah, you, yeah you you can't kind of place it and i couldn't i was like there's some weird like sharpness to this you know rib and then they finally told me that they were smoking the mesquite i'm like you guys are dumb not that i'm yeah. uh, not that not bill that not, not that dumb, you're an idiot but, yeah. but uh <laughs> but they're 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 stupid they're yeah. pretty dumb um but,
4: but you are very smart bill to have done this yeah and the, well, well um, i mean the mesquite because the, yeah. the
3: mesquite sounds good but i think yeah. i think in this i think it's accentuating that hot bitterness a little bit with that kind of spiciness i
4: I would think that's very possible yeah the pungency of the mesquite could combine with with the bitterness and just make for for some of this not very nice finish and you know if you need mesquite with it's just you know barbecue some chicken over mesquite and (laughs) serve it side by side it'd probably be great Uh, You get away with that with some simple chicken but uh yeah yeah um chicken chicken is it a kegged
0: beer uh what's the carbonation level you pour into a glass
2: oh yeah that was uh that was a keg Damn. beer um i'm guessing it just lost carbonation from transfer and over time um because it was one uh, a fresh pour out of the keg it did it did yield a much bigger head on it it was much more carbonated so i'm guessing it's just uh some bottling practice there yeah, yeah.
0: Just yeah. bump it up a couple points. Bump
4: it up a couple extra points. Yeah. Freeze your bottles. Do it as cold as possible. Cap it right away. All those those happy things. And that should help that.
0: All right, Bill. I
3: appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for tasty sharing. Tasty beer. I might Actually, I'm going to brew one of these yeah. this first one I, I, I've tasted. I'm kind of
4: curious to do this myself now, too. I'm yeah. going to. I'm going to yeah.
3: jump on the Pico Brew and uh, knock out a batch. Do
4: a, pic, <laughs> a, a Pico Pivo. Pico Pivo. These... <laughs> <laughs> thanks you for being so adventurous and sending this in to us. Yes. Yeah,
2: that's awesome. Pick a pick well, Pivo thanks for having fun. me, guys. It was a lot of fun. All right, Bill. Thanks, Thank man. Thank you very much. Cheers. You're welcome. Bye. Nice guy. Nice beer,
3: too.
0: Yeah, interesting to get that.
3: All right, we're going to take a break, and we come back, we're going to have Pies on the line talking about his uh, Baltic or Robust. I forget now. Baltic. Baltic. All right. uh, Dr. Homebrew, everyone, back after this.
5: Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack games.
1: Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making.
6: That's it. I've
3: had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again.
1: What? Why?
3: It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs,
1: crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f-ing face right the f- off your face. Skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates, get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a home brew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the Uber Special Secret Elite Bare Bones Club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy fing shit. NicoBrew.com, N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. Nico Brew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business beer tasting games that train your palate, a brewery locator, and the brand new interactive beer style guide. These are just a few of the awesome things you'll find on craftbeer.com. The style guide is a beautiful example of technology and beer. Browse beer style families or turn on the automatic beer style finder and explore beer through color, bitterness, ABV, aroma, and flavor. It's really the coolest way to explore every beer style besides having them all in front of you. Go to craft craftbeer.com and click on beer styles to start the guide plus enjoy the rest of craftbeer.com the brewer's banter blogs beer education how to host a beer tasting and the invaluable draft quality manual tons of great content that makes your beer better visit the new craftbeer.com right now and explore the website that brings you all the passion camaraderie and creativity of the craft beer community craftbeer.com celebrating the best of american beer now back to the examination
3: all right welcome back thanks for sticking with us everyone we have on the phone direct from australia my close personal friend pies pies are you you here
6: I am here. How's it
3: going? Oh, how are you, buddy?
6: Yeah, all right, mate. Yeah, just hanging out at work, but I've, I've managed to sneak
3: away for a little bit. So nice. Well, I appreciate you doing so.
6: Yeah. And, things.
3: Uh, things are good, man. Things are good. Just drink a little homebrew. Uh, I, you know. And you had your beer. Uh, you didn't mess around with the uh, with a mail or anything. You had it hand delivered to me, right?
6: Absolutely. Yeah, from uh, Crofty.
3: <laughs> awesome Australian called Krusty
1: Wait I, oh, Was this Rob like a couple Not weeks crusty. ago? Crafty? Croft
3: Crofty. Crofty Like Laura Croft
1: Like Laura Croft
3: Oh, okay Why Was this you...
1: guy here
4: just a couple weeks ago? Yeah. Yes I think I met him over at Faction He's he delightful
3: Oh, he you're thinking of the... Brandon Or Brendan The guy, was guy that a was talking
0: about Hopton Yeah, people.
3: you're thinking of yeah. Brendan This was like, like a month and a half ago oh, Or something okay. like um, that
0: different.
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah Wow He went to NHC
3: Yes, that's when it was.
0: Is that's it, cool, man. Is it really true that it's like the middle of winter there or something?
6: You wouldn't believe it. It's, it's, it's quite warm today. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, started, it started to warm up.
3: Cool. Well, Pies, we've had you on the show before, I believe, so we'll skip all the, you know, how long you've been homebrewing kind of stuff like that and just jump right into uh, why this style of beer. Is this uh, uh, the robust Porter? Right? Baltic. Baltic. Why do I get that? I'm stupid. I don't know why. Uh, Is that a a, a favorite beer style of yours, or is this the first time you tried it, or what's going on?
6: It's the first time I've I've tried brewing it. Uh, Yeah, and I just wanted to get some feedback on it. Um, Okay. I like doing, you know, every winter I like to do like a a couple of big beers, and uh, I've never tried this out before, so I thought I'd have a go.
3: Oh, great. All right. Keep it fresh.
6: Mm, yeah. I love it. All right, Brian. Yeah, I've done a couple of uh, like Russian Imperial scouts and that, and I uh, just thought I'd try something to be different.
3: Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely.
0: All right, man. So, yeah, in the aroma I get like a rich nutty quality and it has this low kind of semi-sweet chocolate note in there. Um, and the roast roast malt elements are coming through underneath that. Um, uh, just a hint of caramel. Um, a dark dark fruit is definitely a, a prominent here. There's some cherries and plums. Um, uh you know, esters are kind of medium medium high. There's no no hop detected in this as there shouldn't there shouldn't really be a hoppy elements too strong in this. And uh yeah, it's clean, no DMS, no DMS at all. It's not hop like an IPA. Yeah. Seems a clean. It's not fifty one IBUs in the aroma. Uh yeah, no. Um there's some alcohol evident too, you get a little a little um jolt there, like hey, there's a little uh, yeah in the aroma it just comes through as well as in the flavor too i'll get to that uh, but it has a rich brownish black color a pretty deep deep dark uh, beer you can see through it a little bit it has some kind of garnet highlights in there uh, it appears to be fairly clear but it's hard to tell a uh, low light tan head that, that fades to collar pretty pretty soon after pouring it again with all the alcohol that's probably there it does it does happen on these beers sometimes but it should actually have a Fairly long lasting head on a, on a true uh, beer of the style, but um, so I, I just you know took a little point off there. You know, anyway, flavor. I thought it has a pretty rich malt flavor, malt profile coming through. With the roast is actually coming out on top in the flavor, Whereas in the aroma. It was more the other elements, the nutty and the chocolatey. Here, the roast is kind of biting me. I don't know if it's the way it's playing off the water or something that's making it a little intense and rich. Um, and it's a nice richness it's just a little touch kind of maybe stout like and um, and and it's a little more than i expect in the, in in this style it, it it needs to be a little bit smoother um, it's not harsh it's just a little rich <laughs> on the on the roast um some good fruity flavors in there plum prune raisin uh, just below that a little bit of nutty and chocolateiness in there some of those kind of britishy flavors that you you should have a fair amount of in this. It might be a little bit low uh, for the sow, but, uh, you know, it's it's fine. It's um, The beer's a bit drying. I thought it got just a touch of, uh, well, there's some alcohol there. I thought I got just a touch of a little hot edge to the alcohol, but not too bad. Pretty smooth overall. Um, you know, it seems like, like cleanly fermented ale might have gone a little higher temperature. I don't know. Uh, maybe you brewed it in the summer while we're having our crappy winter. Um <laughs> yeah but yeah again almost stout like the balance is definitely the malts and the the rich uh intense malts there Um uh, no hops and uh you know just a just a medium little bitterness balancing it out so mouthfeel wise it's medium full bodied with uh a medium low carbonation i'd say it is slightly creamy also has a hint of astringency in there but not anything really harsh just uh you know maybe again from some of the darker malts in there a fair amount of warming is there, and it, it is a little warm in the back of the throat almost a little hot but not uh, not bad uh just not quite as smooth as as hoped for the style but uh again not knocking it down too far there overall I thought this was a very tasty version of uh of a Baltic porter the ones that I have kind of have the ones that I perceive to be truer to the style have a little more rounded edges to them, a little smoothed out and just this one's just a, you know, just needs a little more balancing act. It's a bit intense on the roasty side of things. You Need to either back that off or let it age out. I, I'm guessing this might be a younger uh, version of, uh, of the style, a younger example, but I don't know. Um, you know, it could take a while for that to age out too if there's if there's a lot of it up front. Uh, but yeah, I would also maybe use some more appropriate English ingredients in there to pull out some of those middle malt characters and the mellow smooth malts that the, the toffee like and some of the some a little more um and richness in there as opposed to the the roasting so maybe pull back the roast a little bit push up some of those other flavors i mean it's a really tasty beer otherwise i scored it a 34 um i also think the aging will also smooth out the alcohol if this is a young example so um really like the beer and thanks for sharing it with us Josh.
6: All
4: right, All right thanks. Yeah, I, I agree with most of what Brian said. Um, Aroma, <clears throat> some grainy malt, cocoa. I was picking up some kind of soy sauce notes in the nose a little bit.
0: Yeah, you know, um, I get a little bit of that too.
4: Yeah. Um, no hops in there, which is fine. Um, a lot of sort of, or actually not a lot, a little bit of some kind of dark fruit esters, some figs and raisins, which you expect in this style. And that's very nice. Some toasty notes. Uh, seemed like a pretty clean ferment for the most part. No DMS or diacetyl, anything bad like that. I did pick up a, a kind of a low, clean alcohol note, which is something you might expect in a beer like this. These are moderately alcoholic beers. Um, and actually, I didn't get it when we first looked at it. But coming back to it now, I'm almost getting a hint of like a, a mushroom kind of character in the aroma, Ooh. which is interesting. Which is probably another age sort of related thing. Um, I'm guessing, in, unless you like drop some fungus yeah. in the kettle. Um,
0: so, so I think it's young, and 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 I'm thinking it's it might be old. Yeah. Um,
4: <laughs> Appearance, black ruby highlights, good clarity. Can I be um, wrong again? Uh, pours uh, low-tan foam, which fades pretty quickly to a low bead. Foam on these beers should be persistent for the uh, Tabita style, so that's probably a little bit of a problem, but not a major thing. But it could use better foam stand and better retention on that. Um, for the flavor, rich malt flavors, cocoa, uh, a grainy base malt kind of flavor, a little more soy sauce kind of a flavor again. A lot of cherry and fig esters, and I'm not sure if those are ferment or malt-based th- drive things. Uh, the fig I think is probably malt drive. The cherry, I'm not so sure, uh, unless you put some Munich in here. And uh, 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 Oh, you did. Okay, so it might be from there. It could Either of them could also be ferment. Um, no hop flavor, which you'd expect. Supporting levels of bitter. I mean, the bitter is really not a, a major factor in this beer finishes smooth and rich and dry with some lingering cherry and some toast and some alcohol, uh, coffee flavor again, and uh, a little bit of – I got a low chili pepper note, which you get out of some some dark malts these days, and I don't know why. We had a discussion on that uh, a couple shows back, I think, about extraction and, and things like that. So uh, pick up that show if you want to review our discussion on that. Um, the alcohol maybe had a little bit of a solventy edge to it. These beers are supposed to have a complex alcohol character, but for that I'd be expecting more sort of a a spicy or floral alcohol character, and this just seemed more a clear sort of rubbing alcohol kind of note, but it's very low. I mean, I didn't even get it until, like, no, fifth or sixth time I went back to look at flavor, so it's not a big deal, but it's it's perhaps not the best alcohol character in there. But for the most part, I don't think people are going to notice it too much unless they really sit and focus on this beer a lot. Like a judge. Like a judge, yes. Focus like a judge, man. Um, Mouthfeel, rich, medium-high body, medium-low carbonation. Uh, Maybe use a little more CO2, maybe not. Low, clean alcohol warmth with maybe just a hint of uh, that warmer alcohol. No astringency, although it is a bit drying in the finish, not really creamy. I thought it was pretty much a clean, well-fermented, enjoyable Baltic Porter. Very nice, good malt complexity um nice esters probably malt drive i'm guessing although there's really no 100 percent way to tell but cherry and fig are consistent with sort of chocolate malts and, and munich malts so that would be my guess if i had to do the guess um and uh, a little bit of alcohol complexity of a of a better nature would improve this you now some of those spicier floral alcohols but again that's that's kind of a a point of complexity that's what makes the best versions of this beer what they are it's part of it but um uh, this is still a really actually kind of a nice beer they'll help that will help develop it a little bit um and they'll help develop some of the uh, sort of more port and venice notes um that you can get from age um uh, sorry, the age will help develop some port finish notes. Sorry, I'm reading my sentences backwards. <laughs> um, so these beers are often aged, and you'll get those kind of kind of oxidation characters, the nice ones, uh, the port and cherry kind of notes. This one, to me, was coming across maybe a bit more soy sauce, which I think is dark malt oxidation. So if it's got some age on it, uh, it may have been a little rough. The age, the temperature may be a little too high or some oxygen in there too much, too fast. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Um, but I thought the oxi- oxidation character was not a positive in this beer. It wasn't a big deal. Um, but that's that's the difference between a, a good beer and a fabulous beer here. Finish was a bit drying. Could be a little smoother. I would I would second Brian's comments there on sort of the, the roastier malts. I, I think they're probably a little high for this style. This should be a, a smooth, chocolatey, almost more uh, caramel crystal kind of flavor in some of these beers. It shouldn't have a roasty kind of edge in the finish. Uh, but, again, that was it wasn't a big deal, but there was sort of a difference between a, a, a good beer and a fabulous beer.
3: Those so, notes are just kind of more middle-of-the-road accent marks?
4: Yeah, well, the, the, it, it shouldn't have that that sort of biting, roasty sort of, uh, what I want to say. It's, it's not over the top or anything, but like ashy or, uh-huh, or yes. really dark, roasty kind and of espresso-ish notes you mm-hmm. get in a stout.
0: And, yeah, it's um, not coming across as a Russian imperial or anything yeah. like that. It's just you know, a little, little high. yeah. For yeah,
4: I, I mean, I gave it a 35, which is a good score. Um, I think you've hit all the main bases that need to be hit here uh, to make this better. You're looking for finesse and points for style and practice. So things like getting the ferment tweaked so you can just get a little bit of those spicy alcohols out of the yeast without getting them too hot. And honestly, that's just practice and trial and error to get get your yeast to perform that well. Maybe throttle back a bit in the roast. And if the oxidation is coming up too fast and too hard and giving it that soy sauce character, maybe um, review bottling practices or kegging practices, however you're handling this, and try Mm -hmm. and reduce the oxygen content a bit so it can do a slower age. Cooler temperature storage helps, too. I don't know where you're living down there, but it sounds like it's warm climate. So that can be rough on (laughs) beers as Uh, you age them. But overall, yeah, I thought this was a pretty decent beer. I definitely enjoyed it. Um, Be happy to drink a bottle of it. fact i think there's one left yeah yeah so yeah good job
3: all right pies what do you uh what do you want to say to the the guys any questions
6: um so i'm mostly looking at the recipe um so there's the the roast i used um 485 grams of Carafa special three so that's a bit over a pound uh and then a bit over a pound of uh, medium crystal and victory as well.
4: Uh, question. what the was base, the volume the of this? Is, uh,
6: um, I oh, like twenty-three liters, so about six gallons. Okay, thanks. Yeah, and thanks then for um, converting to gallons. No, that, that was, yeah, oh, you know, it's an American show. You got to do your homework. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it was uh, fermented with um, uh Lager 3470. I just used three packets of that, rehydrated. Uh, I think um, if I had more time, I probably would have used a, a liquid yeast. And I've got a stir plate, so I can I can make up to five liters on the stir plate, uh, and then and then chill that down, and then dec- decant off. So it's just the yeast. So I can I can do that easily enough. Um, but in the recipe with the with the roast, do you think a bit over a pound of Carafa Special Three is a bit much? I,
4: I would say the Special Three is a great choice because it gets rid of a lot of husk astringency. A pound for a yep. six-gallon batch for a 22-liter batch. Might be pushing it that's
0: that seems like that's a lot. not far
4: off of what some stouts i've I've made would do I mean say like a dry stout, you know which is a much lower gravity beer, but still you're talking about the amount yeah. of roast material you'd use to hit that, so this is a smoother material and you've got a higher gravity, but still i I, I kind of suspect that is a little high for this, even though it's a percentage wise it's not that big
6: mm. and the the beer in general could. Uh, lose some of the color anyway, and still be fine. Like it's, it's quite dark for the for the style.
0: Agreed. Yes,
6: might be. Yeah. So I might I might drop the carafe down a bit, uh, and then the, what about the victory? I think that is kind of like the plummy, raisiny kind of flavors.
0: I think the victory and the biscuit are helping you just fine. They're in there, and they're they're not hurting it. Yeah.
4: Yeah, and and yeah. some some sort of um, flavors from that family. No crystal malt, victory, caramelly, malts with sort of sweet, fruity, caramelized characters is is really almost required to make a good version of this beer. So, I I think some, and you've got some medium uh, crystal Simpsons in here. So, yeah, I think I would not necessarily throttle back on those. The biscuit's probably where some of the the toastier, grainy stuff is coming from. I don't know if that's necessarily required, but it Mm. probably doesn't hurt. But I mean, these beers are targeted to be about malt complexity with some accompanying ester. It's a little weird, ester complexity, although these are cool ferment or lager, so it's not necessarily coming from the ferment. And maybe a little bit of alcohol complexity coming through, too, which means you've got to be you really get the ferment nailed down to make a world-class example of this. But yeah, I, th- I think those those crystal cara style malts are a very good thing
0: here. And instead of some of the uh, the carafe three, you might throw in just a touch of chocolate malt, either some pale chocolate or medium uh, to dark chocolate. You know, experiment with that, just a just a little bit.
6: Yep, Yeah. So I might I might uh, dial back the carafe to maybe half a pound, and then about a hundred grams of chocolate yeah. in the next one, maybe. I would go with exactly one hundred grams.
0: Yeah. Not hundred and one.
6: Uh and
4: the- <laughs> I the don't American know not, the knows the difference, long. but yeah, <laughs> yeah none sorry. of us do. <laughs> no,
0: yeah, yeah. That's a good place to be with a little chocolate um, in there. Yeah,
6: go ahead. So was the was the beer stored cold there? Like
3: Uh, uh yes. It was
0: cold when Jason? we had it,
3: yeah. Uh for the most part, yes. And maybe yeah. not for the first, you know, yeah. week. But uh yes. He likes to part. let the beers
0: <laughs> bounce around in his car for a couple weeks.
6: That's the. That's basically the only time it would have been warm because um, it was fermented cold, like I fermented it at about ten degrees Celsius uh, and let it let it rise just at the end just to finish it off. Uh, but then after cold conditioning, it went straight into a keg. Uh, and when was and that? then I bottled from the keg. Yeah. Uh, well, June. Okay. Yeah,
0: it's not pretty young.
6: So uh, it was. Yeah, yeah, and it was fermented. Yeah, it was cemented, like, late May or the start of June. Yeah, late oh. May it was cemented. All right, um, when's the age, age to Yeah, it was cold conditioning for um, for about three weeks in the in the um, fridge and then went straight into the keg. And then I, I bottled it off the keg, um, like, the week before Crofty went over to America, but it stayed cold the whole time. And basically, I, I took it to our homebrew club meeting, Coles, he took it home, and then the next day he flew out. Uh, and the first stop, he, he got out of the plane at San Francisco and went to the hot grenade. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was that was the first thing he did. Yeah. So we, we tried to look after it as best we could to to get it to to the grenade in in as good as condition as possible. So I yeah.
3: think you did. I think you did great. Pretty well handled. Yeah. Yeah.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Be putting it on a on a ship and sitting for three months in a container. <laughs> right. yeah.
0: Assuming you have two thirds of a keg of this left, I would just let it age for a few months, not even touch it until then, and I think some of that stuff is going to smooth out some of the alcohol, some of the roast it's going to be a lot nicer beer in a few months if the if the oxygen isn't too high in there, it might be you know yeah that's a
6: that's a pretty big assumption <laughs> <laughs> um, there's two bottles left
3: i brewed it oh, I brewed no. it twice since then.
0: <laughs> it goes yeah,
3: fast. <laughs> All right. try,
4: try and save one for the holidays if you can force yourself to do it. Yeah. It'll probably be worthwhile. I
3: think he's drinking his sorrows away because the eels are losing, right? right, or something like it, that? It,
6: yeah, you're right. You're right, mate. Yeah, the, the eels are uh, struggling. but um, No, um, it would be pointless to save it for the holidays because it's about 40 degrees here in summer, so I'm, I'm reaching for the lightest lager I can find.
0: Then just drink it. Uh, okay. Drink it in the spring. We'll save our bottle until then, and we'll drink it with you. Yeah. There
6: you go.
3: Yeah, all right. All right, Pies. All right, cool. Thanks, Go man. Ahead. Appreciate it. Good chatting with you.
4: Yeah, thanks for calling in. Thanks for sending this over. It's a lot of Yeah, true.
3: Yeah. All right, mate. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, no worries. And
4: thanks to Crusty. He did a good job, too.
3: Yeah, he yeah. did. Crusty, yeah. you, did, you did great, bud. Crafty. Thanks.
4: Crusty, crafty.
3: It's Crusty now. Yeah. Crafty, Crusty. Okay. <laughs> JP likes to give everybody a new names. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Pies, good talking to you, man. Hopefully, we'll see you soon. All right, man. Really? Hopefully.
0: Winner, Bruce. Yes, <laughs> oh, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, right, yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'd, I'd like nice. to see you before either of us die. And- <laughs> <Sure>. Yeah. <laughs> what? All right, Paz. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk to you later, man. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <Pies>. Really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hope so. Oh, I, I want to anyway. hang
0: out with this kid when he comes next thing I here. like Pies. Yeah. He's
3: he's a nice, dude. He's a really nice guy. Um, Okay, we're going to take a break, and we'll come back. We're going to wrap up and then uh, get out of here. It's Dr. Homebrew back after this.
1: Know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs, and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, sanitizer treatment today. High Gravity Home Brewing Supplies wants you to keep it simple. Brewing should be fun. And with High Gravity's amazing electric brewing systems, it is. High Gravity keeps their brewing systems simple, on purpose. More efficient than gas, customizable, and with your choice of one, two, or three vessels, High Gravity's electric brewing systems will completely change the way you brew beer, formulate recipes, and improve your beer's consistency. Dave at High Gravity can customize your system to fit your needs. High Gravity invites you to visit their Build Your Own Brewery page and see how easy it can be to brew electric. And High Gravity offers $7.99 flat rate shipping on most of their products. www.highgravitybrew.com High Gravity. Keep it electric. Keep it simple. Visit highgravitybrew.com Admitted. Homebrewing is not always free of frustrations. Years ago, brothers Bill and Jim Mitchell decided to minimize those frustrations and create an entirely new brewing process and a brand new kitchen appliance, the Pico Brew Zymatic. The Zymatic sits on your kitchen counter and connects to the Internet via Wi-Fi. It comes with access to a huge recipe library full of award-winning beers and can brew your next batch at the push of a button. Improve repeatability and refine your recipes with the Pico Brew Zymatic. With minimal cleaning and hassle, the Zymatic enables anyone to brew craft beer in the comfort of their own kitchen. Just add your ingredients and the process of homebrewing becomes simplified and automatic, allowing you to focus on what really matters while you brew. At PicoBrew, they believe everyone should be able to enjoy the art of homebrewing and make their own damn good craft beer. See the Zymatic in action today at PicoBrew.com.
5: I'm sorry to tell you this,
1: but we're gonna have to pour you out. Back to Doctor Homebrew.
3: All right, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, all right, we got some prizes to give out, and then uh, and then we're gonna get out of here.
4: Awesome.
3: But uh, first, we're enjoying this uh, delicious beer. From Distill Brewery, we've had them on the show a couple times on the. Or, I mean, a couple times, but one time on the uh, back then the Sunday session. Currently, the Monday mm-hmm. session. Distill, D E S T I H L. They are out of Bloomington, Illinois, and this was uh, uh, one of the uh, number of beers that a listener, of course, I forgot his name. I apologize. Sent us a bunch of uh, Midwest beers for a Doctor Homebrew to. To kind of sip on and try and whatever. and um, Somebody from Illinois, I assume. Yeah, I would imagine, yeah. And then, um, here you go, Brian. Don't we're going to throw it up, up. on there the can go. cam here. Can cam. Wild Bev, sour. Beth's not paying attention.
0: She, right. won't, she won't do it. Flanders Red.
3: Um, yeah, and so I've been trying to bring this beer to uh, to the show. I've been bringing it for like three months because I think it's uh, it, it feels interesting. Go ahead, Brian, if you want to do it now. Uh, and we've just ran out of time drinking it. So this yeah. time we're like, forget about it. We're doing it.
4: And we also so have we a little it. bit of this back, uh, other beer that I brought in bit. from a trip. Back it There you go. Wild sour. You got it. There you go. Uh, okay. We're also drinking yes. a little bit of this. Oh yeah, what is it? Which is from Wicked Weed in Asheville, North Carolina. It's our Montmoretto. We're drinking
3: a
0: lot of beer.
4: Yeah. Barrel aged American sour with cherries and almonds. It's <clears is> very <throat> nice stuff. Very dry,
0: cherryish. y finish yeah. in there. Yeah,
4: it's very nice.
0: Oh, this booze um, is so we got a couple of
4: really interesting sours here we're doing side by side.
0: Yeah. It's been a good sour show, man. Yeah.
3: Uh, okay,
4: let's get We're to some prizes. That.
3: Who is getting the $40, uh, at least your beer will look good, grog tag gift
0: certificate? I think his name is, is Bill.
4: Bill! Oh, Sirowski.
3: With the Grodzitski. The
4: Pico Grodzitski.
0: Grodzitski.
4: Which I think qualifies as one of the most interesting beers nice. we've had all year. Yet. I
3: like it. Absolutely. So that means Josh, uh, who uh, who ate all the pies, is one of the highgravityhomebrew.com gift certificate. Uh, good job, everybody. Yeah. You guys both did great. You both Thank deserve you, Josh, it. Josh, who eats pies. They were both uh, they were both great beers. Right? They were both right. great beers, right. I thought.
0: I thought so, too. I scored them yeah, very close to each other, actually. It's uh, like little balance issues with both of them, honestly. And it was just like, I mean, they're brewing great beer, these guys. So, yeah, good job. Yeah,
3: nice work. Uh, thanks yeah. for bringing that uh, Wicked Weed beer, Lee. Sure. Yeah.
0: yeah,
4: Yeah. and Bill has the uphill battle that none of us have ever had that kind of beer before. So yes. Yeah. It, it was an interesting It
0: was very,
3: interesting yeah. experience. It was very beer. interesting. Again,
0: yeah, reminders of the 2015 guidelines that's going to be coming around the corner that everything will be Everything will be
3: changing, yes, absolutely. So you'll find
0: that most of the 2008 guidelines and styles are represented in here, so if you just want to be classic, just learn what the new number is and send it as that, you know? Yeah, you'll be fine. You'll be all right. Trust me. Trust us. Takes over be should be around the end of this year. We'll start talking about those. Yeah. Um, um,
3: check out the new uh, brewingnetwork.com. We've changed up our, uh, our website. Uh, all of our shows are easier to find than ever. All five shows. Yeah, we have five shows going on right now, everybody. Uh, the Session, of course, Sour Hour, Brew Strong, Can You Brew It? And, of course, this little... Piece of garbage. This,
4: this gem of iniquity. This gem
3: of iniquity. Can't Dr. You brew Home it is brew. actually
1: called brewing with style.
3: Brewing with style. Yeah. Yeah. Not
4: can't yeah. you brew it, or can you? What? Yes. Yeah. One for each finger.
3: Why can't you brew it? Yeah. That's what. That's what it should be called. Why can't you brew it, comma <laughs>
0: dummy? Can
1: we put the camera on him, please?
0: I'm trying to jam along with the Doctor Homebrew music. Sorry. Yeah. Here, I'll. Uh, here, hang on But
4: he hasn't tuned it in yet. It's not tuned.
3: All right, here we go. I'm going to fade out and you're going to play us out, Brian. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, This has been Dr. Homebrew. Absolutely terrible.